Welcome to the Dad Ass Podcast, the subpar, mediocre at best podcast about being a new dad. Hey, hey, and welcome to the Dad Ass Podcast, the completely unscripted, unconventional podcast to help us just figure out this whole parenting and adulting thing. I'm Matt, the Dad Ass, here as always with Sean, aka Dude, the family uh, resident counselor. Sir, how the hell are you today? That was a really great intro you just gave. I wrote it down so I could just stay to it. Yeah, you didn't fumble over your words at all. So that well, because was- I figured I've been f- fumbling around quite a bit, so I should write it down. <laughs> it worked well for you. Thank you. Um, How are you feeling? I am. I'm honestly, I'm tired today. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, but eh, you know, I'm excited for tonight. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So, other than that, other than tired. Not too bad. I mean, every day is like Groundhog's Day. I don't leave the house. I don't go anywhere. No one comes over because no one can. Um, yeah. So, you know, this is like a nice uh, spice of life, a little, a little variety. Oh. Well, outside of just um, feeling tired and not going out, congratulations on being out of your treatments. Thank you. And one of the great things that that's going on right now for... Um, for you is just the fact that you're looking strong. Well, I don't think I'm really looking strong, but I appreciate you lying to me. That helps. Well, speaking of strong, I think we have the biggest deltoids we've had um, on this podcast. Uh, but most importantly, uh, we have we have three legends of Instagram. We have some uh, titans of the parenting memes, some fantasy football glad eaters that are with us today. But most importantly, we have three amazing dads and husbands uh, joining us that coincidentally we met through fantasy football and Instagram, which is quite the uh, 2020 story um, during a a year full of COVID. So we are uh, joined by three individuals. I will say their names and Instagram handles just so uh, anyone listening truly understands who we have. We have Larry, AKA, Dadpool 302. We have Zach, aka New England Dad, with a bunch of little underscores between New England and Dad. And then we have the man, the myth, the legend, Jeff, the baby dude. We have three great dads, three great husbands, three great, just awesome people that kicked the shit out of me in fantasy football these last several weeks. Gentlemen, how are you doing uh, this uh, today? Good, good. Doing great. Man, thanks for having me. This this is awesome. See, so we have... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say, we have five of us all via Zoom in a crazy year representing four different states, but all coming together under the banner of parenting and partners and going to kind of share this time about how we've survived such a funky year. And I think this is, this is a kind of a cool thing in, in, in a, uh, such a terrible year, a great way though, for us to kind of, um, be able to connect through technology, but now through the, um, the awesome podcast world. So this is super exciting. So what I was going to say was, I really appreciate, um, the way you guys met, which was through, um, this fantasy we have nothing to do with um jeff don't worry about it i have dogs too it's cool um <laughs> i love, love it mike <laughs> <laughs> um so what i was gonna say was i appreciate how you guys met 
because um, my understanding is that Matt, you were as successful in um, the fantasy football league as you were in your collegiate football career as a kicker. Certainly, certainly as a kicker. Yes. I had quite the NCAA career um, for a full season. I did go seven for seven on extra points and had two tackles. There it is. There's the, he always mentions the tackles as if it somehow tackles. Look at me, look at me. All right. I'm, (laughs) I teach spin and then we have like Hercules in my lower left corner of, of Larry who not even flexing his, his, you know, his, his delts are bigger than my head. And it's just like, I had, I, I had two tackles. <laughs> Larry, did you play football? No, I did not. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, I, uh, I, uh, I wrestled and played golf. <laughs> no kidding. That's quite the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. See, this is why this is why like a dad roundtable um, podcast episode is going to be awesome. So we have we have drag racing. Who we dra- have drag racing. Jeff, he doesn't drag race, but is a huge race fan and has his logo on a car, which is an epic story. What? He was just telling me that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's sweet. <laughs> but I did play football in high school, so hey, I got, got a another. Over here. Yeah, a How bit. many tackles did you get? Um, I was catching the ball. So I wasn't doing as many tackling unless there were interceptions and stuff, but. Okay. Well, how many, like how many catches do you think you got? A decent amount. I, I wasn't a stat stuffer and I'm from a super small town. Yeah. So everyone just made the team anyway. So, so what was no, say, wasn't very high. Well, but what you're trying to say is, is that your contribution was high enough that you actually can't still rattle off your stats. Right. <laughs> You're like, I don't know. I lost count. So, like, you know, I was just doing my thing, you know. Funny story because you make fun of me the, the few times that I bring up being a kicker. I was a soccer player converted to football. And um, I actually was the second leading scorer on my football team in high school. Wow. As a I, kicker? I, I literally, like, peed my pants when they like gave out awards <laughs> and this guy that played both ways was the leading scorer for obvious reasons. He was the running back and we always gave it to him. And next thing I know, they're like, and Matt, a quick, uh, a close second place. And I was like, Oh no shit. Cause I forgot that a lot of, a lot of ones and, and a handful of uh, three points um, add up throughout a year. And I was like, Oh, that's good. All right, so we have wrestling, drag racing, and football. And then, Zach, we're going to leave this up to you. You're a, a mountain biker, a mountain man. <laughs> I played baseball mostly. I, I played baseball in college, too, actually. So that was kind of my sport growing up. Yeah, so, no, I, 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 I was from the same thing, wicked small town. We actually didn't even have a football team. I played soccer. I was like, I like scared all the little kids on the field playing soccer in high school. <laughs> that was my part in high school was soccer. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, one of the things that I think uh, outside of our interest of, of fantasy football and our interest of different sports is the fact that we all are united under the banner of being husbands. Yes. And then also being um, fathers. And I have a 13 month old here at home who is now in probably a third phase of teething. So I haven't slept in like four days. Um, 
which has been really tough. And so one of the things that we try and do on the podcast, and one of the things that I'm really excited about tonight uh, for us kind of meeting officially um, all together for the first time is, is how have you survived 2020 in this pandemic day and age just being, you know what, let's start with being a partner, being a husband. How have you, how have you really gotten through this outside of bourbon for me? I have a lot of things, but I'm interested to hear about you guys. Does anyone want to go first? Sure. Um, my wife was pregnant for six months of it. So that was fun. Uh, you just kind of like take, take that with it and just push that to the side. So anything that comes up, the bickering's happening, hormones are there. So I just backed off for six months. Um, other than that, I think we've grown closer Actually, I know I hear a lot of stories of people at each other, but I think I appreciate my wife more now that I see everything that she does, um, especially now that we have two kids. But she's awesome. And I think being COVID time and not being able to go anywhere and be distracted with other things, yeah, like going to the zoo or going to this and just playing and just being stuck, like... I think I like her even more. <laughs> so, I mean, I feel like this is going to go one of two ways. You're either going to be like, yeah, this is great. Or you're going to be like, mm-hmm. man, I messed up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah, telling a, a woman who was pregnant for six months of COVID that you messed up, probably not the greatest decision anyway. Um, so I'm really glad <laughs> that you came to that conclusion that you still like each other. And I think there's definitely moments as well where, you obviously get on each other's nerves. And a lot of the times I will get upset about this dumbest stuff. Like I just dumb stuff where five minutes later, I'm like, I'm sorry, that was really stupid. Like, I don't even know why I get upset about some of these things. Um, so I think learning to mend the, the, the fight quicker because you're just there together is important. Yeah. I think awesome. I hear you. I feel like there's been a rise in just stupid things to get angry about and then quickly coming back and being like, I don't know. I'm so sorry. I literally <laughs> remember talking to Kimberly at one point. I don't remember. Oh, I, I know exactly what it was. Actually, we were we were sitting at home um, and, you know, just like everybody else, we were stuck together and um she kept asking me what I was doing or where I was going. Like if I, if we, if I was sitting on the couch and I like got up, she'd look at me and be like, where are you going? Or what are you doing? And she just kept asking me this. And finally I just like snapped. I was like, stop asking me where I'm going. I'm not going anywhere. Um, And so we had this whole like big fight about like, clearly we're just stuck here. And then, and then I had to do the whole, you know, like, I'm sorry. I'm just like irritated because, you know, I can't go anywhere. Um, but I totally know like the nothing fight um, and coming back from it. That's actually a, a difficult skill. That's actually, actually taken me years. I used to be like grudge holder number one. I, I'd be like, fine, I'll go to bed without talking to you. Um, and as a counselor, that's so unhealthy. But um, that's just the honest, honest, good truth. That's taken a lot of practice and a lot of years to be able to be uh a big enough person to be like, I was stupid. Um, but so I can, it's totally. easy when I do a lot of stupid stuff. Like it's easy to like, I was just going to say stupid seems like it's in a, like an abundance this year. Yeah. 
<laughs> the amount of time I pulled my mouth, uh, my foot out of my mouth uh, this year, I'm just like, oh shoot, I can't even leave to go somewhere. Larry, I saw I saw you smiling though. What what about you? Honestly, I don't know if I'm the right one to talk about this topic. I, nothing's really changed for us. Both um, my wife and I were both essential employees, so we're working every day. And when I'm off, she's working. When she's off, I'm working. So I think the the biggest thing is uh, the changes. We have a one-year-old, so we have three kids, and the youngest is one. And finding people to watch three kids is a little different than finding people to watch one kid. <laughs> so, But other than that, I was more interested yeah, to hear how everybody else has changed because I hear you know everybody's stuck in the house or working from home and things like that. So yeah, it hasn't really really changed for me too much. What did your wife do? Uh, she's a nurse at a children's hospital. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're, like I said, it's, it's nice. She makes her own schedule, but I get zero free time on my days off. So except maybe like 10 o'clock at night when the kids go to bed and sometimes I just want to go to bed anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've learned this year too, right? Our son will go to bed always at the same time. And I'm like, okay, seven 30, he's in bed. I get up at four because I have to teach a spin class in the mornings before work. Eight o'clock is very attractive to start to go to bed. And like a year ago, I'd be like, oh, I'll push nine o'clock. I'll push 10 o'clock. No, now I'm like, oh, he's in bed at 730. I'm ready. Definitely. Definitely. I've aged certainly so much during this. (laughs) Zach, what about you? Yeah. So my wife's pregnant too. Um, she's doing April, April 1st. And, um, so there's been a lot of anxieties that come along with that during this time. And, um, you know, her, as Jeff said, the hormones are, are high. So, um, so that's been interesting. And I've been home for half of it. We were remote, um, started in, I'm a teacher. I'm a, I teach fourth grade. Um, so we were remote for, from March, to the summer. Um, but then I've been in school since September. So, um, so yeah, I mean, we, it was a, it was a balance when I was home. Um, you know, sometimes I fear going back to that because yeah, I think it's just tough. Have my wife, my wife works maybe more than I do. So I think it's tough to have two people working in the house at the same time that can drive you crazy a little bit especially when you don't have like the space for it and designated offices and things like that. So those things are, those things all needed, needed to be worked out and stuff. So with you being a teacher and you uh, on Instagram specialize in, in memes and, and videos, do you test out some of your content on the uh, fourth graders? You know, my, my stuff's like all parent and dad jokes. So. I think my kids, the students just th- think I'm corny. <laughs> so, so you're not like the fun teacher that we all wish we had. Or oh, we no, I try, I, I try to be. I try to be. Uh, and they, I think they think I'm cool and stuff. But I, I think that they, my content, they probably think is kind of corny. Do you ever drop any dad jokes on them or anything? Um, I'm more like sarcastic in the classroom, you know. Yes. Yeah, I'm more sarcastic in the classroom. I dig it. I run a tight ship. I, we wouldn't <laughs> expect anything otherwise yeah. from you. Yeah. I uh, for me, uh, this year has been such a a um, 
delight being home because I feel like there's a lot of bonding just in the, the um, one-on-one time, uh, depth of our conversations. Uh, I've, I've never really been a wine drinker and now we have like a glass of wine at dinner and, and instead of just kind of pushing through real quick, how was your day? And then we're done. We kind of just sit and talk and then dinner, it becomes a 45 minute or an hour thing because quite frankly, the numbers are so high where we're at right now. Um, we're in no rush to go anywhere. And so then all of a sudden we're having an hour at one point we were having like, you know, hour 15, hour and a half dinners with, well, more than a glass of wine. Uh, I don't think we would have had that if we weren't stuck. Um, and I don't mean stuck necessarily in a, in, in a negative way, but you know, if we weren't in this, this situation, which I think has been good and sure, certainly have had a shorter, te- uh, temper, I guess in, in other ways, or at least I've said stupid stuff where the moment it left my lips, I was just like, I can't even go hide somewhere. <laughs> She knows all my good spots at the house, <laughs> which has been such a a, a struggle. Um, so let me let me ask you uh, this then: uh, we're we're all across being on the West Coast, East Coast, um, here in the Midwest. So things are different, environments are different, numbers are different. Uh, in general, uh, through this past year. What has been kind of like your most proud husband moment, knowing that not all of us were, you know, homebound, like, God, how long were we, our stay at home was like two months. Yeah. Something like that. I think. Yeah. Two months. And then it was this slow phase of allowing restaurants and places to open. I think we were able to have open alcoholic beverages in our car much longer in the stay at home than we were actually able to go to restaurants, which I'm yeah, sure is causing some anxiety to you, Larry. One of the positives of all of this um, is that you can get cocktails to go. Now you can't drink them while you drive just to be clear, <laughs> Matt. <laughs> I would, ne- I would never. Um, no, but that's actually been a nice, a nice little perk is that you can actually get a cocktail to go. So what, what would be one of, of your like most proud, like if you could be like, you know what, this was something good that we did uh, on, a, on a relationship standpoint during all this um, stuff that we've been faced with. Is there anything that sticks out? Um, I think we, we try and keep the technology off during dinner is something we try and do. Um, which, a good one. Which, which is small, but um, you know, it's, Obviously, with me being on Instagram and then my wife, my wife works and checking email and things like that. So you can get caught up in it. So I think just like that little rule kind of, you know, sets a nice time that it's away for a little while. I like that one. We'll say Alexa because we have what um, Alexa in our kitchen. And even if we say anything that sounds like Alexa, our son Tuck will look in the direction of Alexa. That's how like much he knows about technology. So I I love that aspect of not having that technology around dinner. That's great. Anybody else? Uh, yeah, uh, we've um, 
I guess on a husband standpoint or a relationship standpoint, we've done some home projects that we just put off and didn't want to do, but we didn't really argue about it. Like, have you ever guys tried to install a microwave into a top of a cabinet? It is. Okay. So uh, we just, <laughs> a bitch of a job. <laughs> yeah, no, we just replaced our microwave <laughs> literally like two weeks ago. And every person that I talked to that, and I'm, I'm a pretty handy guy. I build furniture, like I build cabinets, all kinds of stuff. But every single person that I talked to um, was like, it is the worst thing to do on earth. And so I'm also cheap. And so when I found out that it was like, it's something absurd, like $150 to have the thing installed. So outside of the stay at home and all that stuff, because I was going through chemo, we couldn't have anyone in the house. And so um, there was this added thing of like, well, we didn't want anyone to come in. Like my own family, my parents don't come in inside. Haven't been in my house for three months now. Um, but but it was such a convincing, um, you don't want to do this, that we actually paid to have it installed. And the only person that's been in our house in the past three months was a microwave install man. And he installed both a microwave <laughs> and a dishwasher in uh, about 40 minutes. Kimberly's, my wife, you had to be, uh, I wasn't allowed to be around. Um, so I had to like go downstairs um, just from a germ standpoint. But she, and so she was just up there cause they require someone to be there. And she said it took him 15 minutes. Every person I know that's ever installed one themselves, it's like hours. Did he have another guy with them? No. He literally brought the dishwasher and microwave in by himself, pulled the other ones out and was gone in 40, 45 minutes. Wait, how long did it take you to put your microwave in then? Uh, at probably two hours. I mean, it comes with a schematic that you would think you would put inside of the cabinet, you know, so you didn't have to like, you can go down and down at it, but you have to tape it to the bottom of the cabinet. So yeah, you're underneath of a stove trying to, yeah, it was not, not fun. <laughs> How much that. Cussing? What's that? How much cussing? Uh, oh, I, that's a daily basis. So yeah, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> that's like how I measure the projects. Like, you know, I mean, I can have a, a pretty foul mouth at times, but like when a project really gets going, my mouth just, just flies. Um, that, how, did you have any extra accidental oopsie holes? Oh, what I did was I drilled the holes bigger and just use washers, so I <laughs> so I didn't have to line it up too well. <laughs> yeah, my buddy was telling me about when he installed his. He was like, "Yeah, I put like six extra holes in the cabinet that didn't need to be there." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can see that. Oh, I love it! I love it, Jeff. I feel like you have a gem. Um, it's not much of a gem, like. I'm not like dad pool down here. I, I love going to the gym. I think it's one sacrifice that I've, cause I have, my in-laws live next door to me and they're great. They're fantastic. We have, like there's, it's not like the horror in-law type thing. Um, but my wife's grandma lives there and she's 98. Her parents are in their seventies. I can't, I don't mess with going out like at all. Cause I am not going to be the damn reason they get anything. Cause it's bad. Yeah. Um, so I have a treadmill here that folds down. I make sure I get like 15 to 20,000 steps a day. Um, my wife has a Pilates machine, which we're talking about before how kids fall. I was walking on the treadmill. My two-year-old's on the Pilates machine. I'm like, dude, you're going to fall. 
it's going to go. Don't, don't stand. Three seconds later, he's like in the middle of the thing. Oh, uh, yeah. It, oh, good Lord. But he's two. Like, what do you, I mean, what are you going to do? Um, but yeah, I think my biggest thing is just really, I, I miss, I play in basketball leagues um, since I've been in LA for the last 12 years. I go to the gym every day. Um, I miss that stuff a lot. And I think I've really locked it down. I've not seen one of my friends to drink a beer, to do anything since March in person, not one. And so like, I miss my buddies and I miss watching football with my buddies and yeah. getting together with my friends who have kids and just drinking a beer and hanging out. So I think that's probably my biggest thing. Um, it's just like, and then we had a baby in June, like being in the hospital, like, uh, oh yeah, having a baby at this time was so weird, and I couldn't leave the room. Was and, it like it was bizarre? Like only was, you I've two. been warned of this. I'm I'm very scared of that. Number one, bring a shit ton of snacks. Just bring snacks, dude. Like you legit. I mean, I don't know how it's going to be for you guys out there, but here I couldn't go to the cafeteria. That's what they said. I'm not going oh. to leave the room until we leave. And I have like major ADD, so I don't know if I'm gonna last. I feel, dude, I'm, I'm there with you. Like sleeping on that shitty ass cot thing that comes out, and like, yeah, I don't even care. That doesn't even bother me. It's just gonna be like sitting there all day long, you know, like because on our first one, I felt like I, you know, she kind of slept and the baby slept, and I like went out and did some things during the day, and then came back and like slept there. But it's like sitting in that room all day, and I'm not gonna be you know, resting you know, as much as she is. So I feel like I'm going to be losing my mind, but. And not just that, also the fact that you can't have family come to take a load off of you. They come hold the baby. Like, yeah. It, yeah. You, know, you, miss, you miss that stuff too. And it was really interesting when my son was born, he was born June 19th. Um, my birthday was June 20th. And then June 21st was father's day. So like I hit this weird, oh, like having a baby trifecta, which is really strange and bizarre. Um, yeah. And very cool. But yeah, he's a, he's a, pandemic baby. So that'll be a story for him growing up for sure. Oh, absolutely. I, um, I didn't know that about having kids. Like I knew that some, some of our friends have had kids where you could only have, um, just the husband and the wife or, or whomever, but no one extended. I didn't know about the not leaving for the cafeteria and, and different things like that. Not a thing, man. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, food in, you know, like you get the food, that the cafeteria would bring for my wife. Gotcha. So they would just double up the meal, which is nice. That I mean, <laughs> you got to eat, I guess. Yeah. Um, but like while she was in the delivery room, I just ate beef jerky and strong. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's a real beast over here. Um, beef jerky and just like snacks like that, peanuts and trail mix or whatever. But yeah, bring a ton of snacks, dude. Oh, I, I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to bring like a couple pizzas. <laughs> Cold pizza, ain't nothing wrong with that. I um, I loaded up on jerky, and then a couple uh, gentlemen Jack, um, small cocktail or not cocktail, but like the little um thingies, like the airplane still, flies. Yeah, it was great. I was so damn tired, I didn't even drink it. <laughs> Cause she was in labor for like 26 hours, I think. So at the end we were just like, okay, we're ready for bed. Everyone get out of here. It's two in the afternoon. We're tired. Um, 
but I, I wanted to share, share this story because one, it's a great story, but two, maybe this um, brings up some other things for this year. Um, or at least when, when you uh, first had your, your, your first child, um, I made my gift to my wife, Heather, for this whole year. I had grandmas stationed on different weekends throughout the entire year that I, for Christmas, gave her a date calendar. We had road trips. We had local things. We had all of this stuff planned to ensure that we could first date and then be parents second. So we could still be husband and wife and then be parents instead of how I've seen some of my friends be parents first. And then it was like they put time and effort into their marriage. I did like zero of the date calendar that I set forth. I think we got through January and February and then the rest I've just saved money. No, I'm just joking. We've, <laughs> we've not been able to do anything. It's, it's been terrible. It is but the worst gift you've ever given. It's, it's the worst gift that I've given, but in the same breath, it motivated me through this pandemic that right when the stay at home started, I, I not, I don't want to say instituted cause that makes me sound like I'm a, like a jerk. I made a motion in the house and everyone agreed or Heather agreed. Cause Tuck was like three months old that we would have one night a week. That was a date night out in. So we would pick up food from somewhere or have it delivered but then make sure that we had like mixed drinks or a bottle of wine, but then the food that was prepared and we would eat it closer to his bedtime. So we had alone time. So we, we really worked on making those date nights happen at least once a week, if we could, or at least, you know, twice a month, even though I couldn't go through uh, with the plan that I had. I had some real doozies too. I was really proud of it. I was like, bam, all the girlfriends of her, of Heather are going to love this. And <laughs> I, I did nothing. Well, thank you for making all of us look bad and you got what you deserved. No, I don't mean it that way. I didn't do anything. I, I literally had no follow through. Yeah, that's true. Not really your fault though, right? That's true. But I'm sure on some level, we've all tried to do something to make this year a little bit better um, with all the circumstances. I mean, shoot, just seeing half of your memes have made me feel a lot better. Oh, I got one. That's good. Not on a regular basis, but we tried to do um, similar, like not as, as uh, we didn't stick to it like religiously or anything like that. There was no like every Wednesday or anything like that, but we tried to plan dates for each other. My, one of my proud um, like COVID moments um, I set up a, we have a little like portable projector and I set up a, a little stay, a drive in, if you will, movie theater in our um, bedroom and projected the movie onto the ceiling and grabbed a bunch of like snacks and stuff. And then like put them over on like, you know, in the bedroom off onto the side. And so we watched a movie and ate popcorn and, um, hung out and pretended like it was a drive-in and that was actually a lot of fun we were just reflecting on that um the other day so just like little things even though it wasn't on a frequent basis just little like surprise things like that um and she would do things like you know cook a really um nice meal or you know just different stuff like that so we tried to do things like that 
So I think that was like a, a pride, a prideful moment in our relationship. And that was something that was really helpful um, as well. That's really cool. Um, especially to know that you took the mirror down yeah. um, to make that happen. So. <laughs> <laughs> Back up, us though. <laughs> um, so let let me ask you guys this, um, because um, if if I remember correctly, Larry, you said you have three kids. Jeff, you have one, and then one um, or two, and then uh, Zach, you have your second one coming. And so I'm the only one with 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 one and none coming that that I'm aware of um, at at the time of this recording. How have you survived? And I shouldn't say survived because that sounds negative. How have you made the most as a dad this year? Um, COVID or not? I want to know, like, COVID or not? Like, how well, that's, did- a good, that's a good point, too. Uh, shoot, I didn't really think of it that way. Like, how have, how have you gotten through this year? Whether it's a, you overcame a challenge with COVID or just something as a dad that you just knocked out of the ballpark. I'm just curious, especially because I I think I have the youngest and no one else to be thinking about um, at the at this time. I'm just curious to know from more seasoned dads. Um, well, I, like I said, I have three kids. I have a six year old, a two year old, and a uh, one year old. So they're all over the place. And I think with my daughter just starting uh, kindergarten, it's her first year of school, and like, and not to bring up COVID, but it is. It's all virtual, so trying to, I guess, I want to say I'm more engaged with her schoolwork than I would probably have been if she was going to school and things like that. Cause you're here all day trying to juggle the kids and uh, you know, you got the, the, the two youngest ones running around. You can probably hear them in the background right now. And then, you know, she calls you out here to the computer probably every, you know, 15 minutes to, to do something different on there. And, and uh, I don't want to pat myself on the back, but I think I did a pretty good job with all that. So it's yeah, definitely not easy. No, you should pat yourself on that back though. That that's awesome. I couldn't imagine that. Yeah, it's, it's tough. What kind of if if you don't mind me asking, what kind of rotation are you on? So we, uh, I do two weeks of day shift and then two weeks of night shift. It's all twelve hour shifts. Um, so my, you were talking about your lack of sleep. Yeah, I probably average maybe four hours of sleep a day. So, oh man, <laughs> you know. And like I said, I try to get to the gym at nighttime when they go to bed just to get an hour, hour and a half in is, uh, it's taxing, but something, something you got to do. First off, I aspire to one day have pictures like you, uh, in Uh, the gym. It's Um, the only way I get followers. (laughs) Everybody hates my memes. Show show a little, show a little skin. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that you, you, you bring up a, a hell of a point though, because, not only does your schedule change, you have three kids yes. to keep up with. I'm bitching about over here a 13 month old that's just now learning how to walk. I mean, our little guy looks like a drunken sailor right into the <laughs> kitchen, <laughs> and then he falls over, and you're you're going after three. I, you know, it's one of those things that if you think about it like that, yeah, it's like, man, that, that sounds like it sucks. But, you but like, you know, just being a dad, you kind of do what you have to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and Jeff, I see you nodding, man. Yeah, I think as the one parent club, I was like, this is like our first one was so easy. Like he, <laughs> he slept. Everything was cool. I'm like, let's bring another one. We're good. 
the hardest baby we've ever had. Like I can't, like we won't have another kid after this one. <laughs> the second one was so hard with sleep and we're still having problems. Like he's, he's six months yesterday. And I was like, we can't ever do this again. Like, and then I just like, I try to be super active. The two year old, two and a half year old wants to play all the time. Daddy, 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 daddy. All like, it's trying to watch football, just to take a minute for myself or do whatever. I just realized like during this pandemic, take this time and play like, play like crazy. Like just play with him. He just wants to play, like be, be fun with it. But also trying to re like, make sure he knows that the new baby doesn't take me away. Yeah. So that's also a tough one because he's jealous. Like the other, the other, the new baby just like started to get aware and touch things or whatever. And he'll grab something that's the two-year-olds and he'll lose his mind. I'm like, dude, he's fine. Like he's fine. And he wants to be involved with the baby, but the baby can't do anything. They can't play. So I'm just trying to like trying to share time for the most part. And it's, it gets hard. I'm sure with three, you know, that's hard. Like that is tough. And I can imagine like with a six-year-old and whatever, like that's, it's funny because you talk about, yeah, they're probably not going to have another one. Our third one, he, he wasn't planned. It just kind of <laughs> happened. I swear, my wife told me it was Valentine's Day and uh, she cried, I think, for two hours. So <laughs> it wasn't a happy cry, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to scare you having your, your second one over there, but I remember people telling me like, oh, you've already done it. It's not a big deal. That yeah. is bullshit right there. That like, <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of expecting, I, I have sort of the same story. Like we've had it pretty easy. He had like a couple months that he didn't sleep very well, but overall he's been a good baby. So I'm like, I'm kind of expecting the worst coming up, but I, I was going to say like, I, I felt like my son has been the, like the bet, the easiest part of 2020, you know, like dealing with like the other side of it, like being a teacher during the remote learning stuff. I, I feel like I've actually been lucky to be in the classroom the past few months because I just think it's easier to have kids in person. And the, and that's not saying anything about like, you know, what, is it right? Is it wrong? What, you know, what should be happening? What should not be happening? That's just like, stating a fact like my job is easier when i'm in the classroom with kids you know what i mean like yeah. kids kids a lot of most kids cannot handle learning through a computer and going off and doing their work independently without being checked on by a parent all the time while these parents are trying to work so i i think just like having my son around has just that's just been like puts a smile on my face you know as and this year has been kind of negative with, you know, other things going around and the election and politics. And so having, right. a, having a kid's been a nice distraction sometimes. So I work as a counselor in a school, actually. Um, and I 100 percent agree. And again, just like you said, this isn't um, saying whether it should or shouldn't be the fact of just my job also is just easier when kids are in the building. Um, because that's some tough stuff. See, like I listen, um, so you talking about like helping your six year old, um, and that's amazing and great. Um, but I, I have a lot of friends that are also teachers, not even where I, you know, I'm in the same school and I can tell you from like listening to a lot of different teachers talk, um, not every kid has a parent that 
is engaged in that way. And that may be because like they can't be because of, you know, their job or, you know, or maybe there's other, some other sort of extenuating circumstances. Um, but like, it's so crucially important. I feel like this was the year that, um, maybe like the world, le- <laughs> the world learned what teachers do a little bit. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, and yeah, I, biased i work in a school i you know i teach a wellness class and all that sort of stuff i'm not a full-time classroom teacher by any means um but the amount of things that i um heard teachers talk about and deal with and then like parents having like the eye-opening moment of like whoa like this is we're not just like throwing peanuts on the plane and being like hey have some fun recess see you later um, so I think it's kind of, it, it, I think it's been a really good and interesting and helpful thing for some parents to have an understanding of what it's like to try and teach children and what it's like for their child to sort of learn as well. I mean, so now I'm kind of curious, uh, I guess, well, you're the only one with, uh, with, uh, school age kids. So I'm just curious if, um, if you learned anything about uh, what a teacher does on a daily basis, like was, was there any like thing that you were like, huh, I didn't realize this or like anything like that. I'm curious. With, with the, her being in kindergarten, I guess with the kids being smaller and, and I guess less having less attention span, uh, trying to control a classroom uh, just in general, I, I can imagine even Zach, you know, with, with kids trying to control everybody's attention at the same time is, is not easy. And then with, with it all being virtual, you know, the, the one kid who can't mute his damn mic, you know what I mean? And <laughs> and you got the mom yelling in the background. It's uh, yeah. it's, it's pretty funny. <laughs> I was just going to play devil's advocate a little bit there too. And I don't have older kids, so I don't know yet, but I, I see it from like my nieces and nephews and whatnot. Um, that I just think kids are different around their parents too. You know, it's yeah. like, I, I, I think, kids are different in school. Um, you know, there's just different expectations and different relationships. And so, and I think the relationship between teachers and parents has been like a little weird this year because like of just like the constant communication and it's great to be in contact with parents on a regular basis. Don't get me wrong, but it's just been like, like, you know, in your house every day type of thing. It, yeah. it, it's just, it's been a weird situation for everybody. I think. Yeah. Can I, can I, can I ask you, Zach, though, do you have like parents who are in the classroom more than the student who ask way too many questions? Like they're, you know, taking up the whole entire day. Yeah. I mean, I've had, yes, I, I've had parents get on to zoom calls and stop the entire class to, to ask about something totally different. So yes, I oh. have all the stories piled up and yeah, like I said, it, it's been, I think it's been hard for everybody and I can't wait till it just is back to normal. Yeah. I would agree that it, it the, that, that there's a weirdness to it as well. When, uh, we're also in in person right now but we did the whole basically like march to the end of school was was virtual and it, there was something that i that was like super weird for me about like me talking and i dressed like a professional dress um 
you know, I didn't wear a tie or anything when I was, uh, you know, like working from home with the kids and zooming in and stuff. But there was like something really weird about like talking to kids and like I was talking from my house and they were talking from theirs. It was just like this odd like thing that that you you had to sort of like work through or or get around. Um, so it was just kind of an interesting dynamic that I had never, and you get to like see things in the background or like, you know, it's just a, like a little glimpse into, um, a part of their life that maybe you wouldn't normally get to see. So it's been like, that's, that was kind of an interesting thing. Yeah. I also work with high school students. So I, I work with special needs kids. Um, and we've been, we haven't gone back to school since March. Wow. So this whole semester just got over and we've been on zoom um, high school kids are a different animal because yeah. kids will give the zoom meet our zoom link to their buddies and they'll bomb the class. So you got kids will come on and start dropping F bombs and like, and you're like, what in the hell? Really? Like, Oh, it, it's happened a handful of times where kids just play and they just drop in and say, Oh, excuse me. One kid called me ugly. He comes in. He's like, Hey, mister, you're ugly. Ugly. At, like he's there going at me. I'm like, he's a liar. You have a nice beard. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but I'm like, oh, I'm not that ugly, but whatever. Um, but that kind of stuff. And also I think kids, especially high school, um, how many times I've seen a kid like, hey, I call out Johnny, whatever. Hey, are you paying attention? What are you doing over there? And he's like, yeah, I'm good. And you can see the controller in his hand. He's out there uh. playing video games, not paying attention at all. Um, and then even worse, we go to breakout rooms like, all right, guys, there's six of us in a room. Let's talk to each other. And I'm literally just talking to pictures. I feel like I'm in the zoo. Kids are just looking at me and I'm talking with no response. And cause kids don't know each other. So they're, they're not buddies. They, they're yeah. all new in the class together. And even a whole semester, they don't know each other. There's maybe three or four kids that are active in the class and be like answering questions. And, but it's very, it's high school's tough. Cause kids don't even, they're trying to figure out who they are to begin with. So yeah, it's it's weird, man. Okay, so we all talked about how it sort of impacted our jobs, particularly in education. So I'm curious as a as a police officer. I mean, you said like it hasn't really affected like home things, like you're still going to work. But I'm are things different or weird because of like COVID or I don't know any other sort of reasons or. Oh sure, uh, it's been totally different as a police officer. Um, you know the the proactivity of of. Uh, writing tickets and things have stopped uh, almost entirely because you're trying to have the least amount of contact with people as possible. Good to know. (laughs) It's egregious uh, violations. This is what we're looking for. (laughs) But um, uh, yeah, with the, with the people. um, So like everybody thinks wearing a mask is a law and it's, it's a guideline. And and we get, you get so many calls to, to stores about people not wearing masks and, and, you have to explain to people that, you know, it's a, it's a private business and, and it's their decision whether or not people, you know, wear a mask. And, and don't get me wrong, it's, there's the, the government says, yeah, the business has to, has to have people wear the mask, but it's, you can't get arrested for it. It's when you're asked to leave and you don't leave is when you get arrested. So it's just been more and more calls about people not wearing masks. And it's, I, I don't want to say it's a, a waste of our time because, you know, we're there for the reason for the cause, but, um, yeah, we get a lot of, uh, what do you call it, frivolous calls that just probably don't need our attention that could probably be addressed another way. Gotcha. Well, what about you, Matt? Well, 
how's it, how's it affected you? So I, I work, um, for a chamber of commerce and about 75% of our membership are small businesses. And in my role, I, I not only work with our small businesses, our, our, our member businesses, I run a leadership program, um, and so I work with a lot of community groups and nonprofits. So I have a lot of meetings in the evening. And the one thing that I've I've learned, and, and this is something that I'd love to have you guys weigh in in your spheres and circles that that you live and work in. I've found myself now reconsidering things that I was planning in evening meetings to say, you know what, that's not worth taking me away from Tuck, uh, my son. You know, setting up something after work hours isn't really worth taking me away from Heather. Um, And I remember early on in the stay at home, I had something later in the evening. It's something that I was kind of borderline like with my involvement anyway. I love the cause. Don't know if it's worth an hour, hour and a half of my time in the evening. And I remember right when it started, our son first, and maybe this will resonate with you uh, guys, he just learned how to roll from his back to his stomach. And that was a big freaking deal. And we were ecstatic about it. And had I been at a meeting and not at my dining room table, I would have missed that. And two nights later, when I had another meeting, he was able to do the full barrel roll. And I don't know if I've ever been more proud. And this was just like a fish out of water, like rolling over like nothing major. I was stoked about it. And so now I've I've kind of realigned where I'm at with are you worth my time outside of work? Or does this take away from my devotion to duty if I say no to this commitment outside of work? For me, that's been a big uh moment for me. I was just curious about you guys and your fields that you're working in. Okay. Uh, no, my, uh, Sorry, I'm muted. That's okay. No, yeah. When I'm when I'm off, uh, I'm off. So it's very. I'm very lucky that they don't set things up on times that that I'm off. Um, it used to be court time, but everything on court now is is virtual, which is hilarious, you know. And uh, we do that when we're at work, so I I can't you know I can't complain. Wait, court is even virtual? For the most part, yeah. It's uh, like any like. Yeah, unless it's like a huge trial or something like that. Yeah, everything's uh, a virtual. It's you, the judge, and witness and defendant. It's it's uh, it's it's been a new experience for me uh, in the last fourteen years. Never experienced in my life. And that's all during work hours. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So you're 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 at your station or your unit wherever you're at. Yeah, wherever there's a computer available. So you could have somebody you know bringing in a bad guy in the background, and it's it's pretty funny. So you're not like at home in like your skivvies, and then your top and the badge. You're like legit at work. <laughs> yes, yes. I <laughs> and imagine if I've got called in uh, to work to go to court that way. I would probably do uh, the skivvies with the uh, yeah the top. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Jeff, you were muted. What were you saying? Yeah, I was just going to say in general, having having kids, um, I was offered a couple of coaching jobs at the school I work at, um, basketball and stuff where I played my whole life. So I love basketball. I want to coach. Um, but we just had our first child. And like, I, it's not worth the time that goes into that after work to not be with your kid. It's, and I think just in general, it, it spreads out even further. 
I've lost a lot of friends, like not lost, but uh, I didn't realize like having kids, most of my best friends would fade off. And not that we like had a disagreement or an argument. You just kind of stop hanging out and then you kind of stop calling each other. And then you stop texting and they just wait, I haven't talked to you for a year kind of thing. And it's, it got to the point where I'm like, I don't need to go out and have beers on this night just cause, cause I want to be with my family. I want to be with my wife and my kids. And um, it's not the most exciting thing to think about, but I'll, I mean, that's where I'd rather be. So I think I lost a lot of friends doing that stuff. I can identify with that, not as someone who had kids, but as someone who was like this close to getting out of friendship with Matt. And then he calls me and is like, hey, you know <laughs> so close. <laughs> no, but but uh, in, in our own journey, though, this this really has helped in, in terms of our friendship. Yeah, we, like we actually met he, he and his wife were uh, regulars in my spin class. And then as my career started to kind of uh, grow. And everything, we just kind of went into our different different uh, ways, but it's brought us back, which has been uh, fantastic. Um, Zach, I'm curious about you, my man. I you're you're always out hiking and backpacking, uh, wrestling bears with your son, like all these different things out there, doing wicked awesome stuff. Yeah, so we we've actually lived in the city for like 12 years now. Um, my wife and I, she went to school in New York City. And I met her her last year in college, and then we moved to Washington, D.C., um, and then we bought a place in Salem, Mass., and we've been here ever since. So um, I've talked to you a little bit about it, but we're moving to New Hampshire um, after the school year, and a huge reason for that is just a lifestyle change and um, just to try and step off of the the mouse wheel that we feel like we're on a little yeah, yeah. bit um she's in the business world and um you know i i'm a teacher in or in an urban area so it, it's demanding and um so just just trying to find a different pace of life a little bit and i feel like being in the city no matter what you do you're you just every time you step out of your house you just feel like you're you're in this race with everybody else and it's just it, it never ends. And so, so I totally, totally hear that, like, you know, different priorities when you have kids. And, and I think the pandemic, we kind of always knew we wanted to make the change, but I think the pandemic has, has put it front and center. Certainly. And, and for, uh, for Larry and Jeff, funny story, our, our, um, our son, my son, Tuckerman is named after a mountain out in uh, New Hampshire. And so I had posted through our podcast, a photo of our son meeting his trail back in uh, the fall. And I was down the road from this big guy. <laughs> um, so kind of small world, not only through the fantasy football circuit um, that, that you two created uh, one day when we're back out there, because our um, Heather and I want to make sure we're out there every like two, three years um, we're going to be right in your backyard. We're, we're actually no longer looking at a hotel. We're going to just come to your place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's set the beds up for you. Yeah. You better get that guest room going. <laughs> um, what the one thing that I'm, I'm curious, especially cause we're, we just had all met through, you know, again, Instagram and fantasy football. And, um, one of the kind of the final questions that I really wanted to ask you guys tonight, and then, 
the 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 man, the myth, the legend, uh, Sean over here, who has better questions than I, I'm sure, has another one. But um, 2020 has been a year that literally, for a lack of a better term, has shit on our chests. Uh, I think that's accurate, maybe very um, not appropriate, but 2020 wasn't really the most appropriate. I was just curious for you guys, what has been the biggest takeaway for you in terms of being a better um, partner, being a better parent, being a better friend? I'm just curious for for you guys, since we're all friends here now, um, what your biggest um, lesson has been. I'm putting you on the spot. I'll just I'll leave it at that. I'm gonna gem right out there to see see who, uh, who takes that first. I think I think like you said, Zach said um, priorities. I think this has opened me up to like what the hell actually really matters. And that's it is your your very close friends and your obviously your family. My, I this is the longest I've ever been away from Minnesota um, and not seen my own family. I would have gone back this Christmas. I probably would have gone back in the summertime. I miss my, my family as well. And I have my wife's family right next door and they're awesome, but they're still not my family. So I think, yeah, priorities in general and just being with your family and your wife and your kids. And like, I, I've really thought about being not stuck. Like you said before, it's not stuck. We're not stuck. We're together. Um, yeah. Don't sweat the small shit. Like, yeah. what are you going to do? Like if we can live through a pandemic leaving the, the kitchen lights on is not a big deal or leaving a couple, <laughs> a couple bowls on the kitchen table. Not a big deal, man. Yeah. Like, or even, even my two-year-old, which obviously we want to teach him to pick up his toys. If he misses a few, all right, man, we'll be all right. Like, Just prioritize things for sure. I love it. Amen to that one. Thank you, Jeff. I can, I can piggyback off Jeff there. Um, I, I, when I sent you my bio, I explained to you I was involved in a, in a crazy incident this year where uh, I was involved in a shooting. Some guy was shooting at me. I was shooting at him. Um, I can't really go into details, I mean, but I am back to work and things like that. Uh, but, yeah, it, when just dealing with crappy people and, and things like that makes you realize that, you know, being with your family and, and the little things just, just don't the, – the things that would normally tick you off just don't matter because it, it could always be – a hundred times worse, you know, and, and I see it and, and I've seen a change in my wife now just with just, just being around each other. It's, it's uh, you, you don't sweat the small stuff. A hundred percent. Can I just say too, real quick, the people yeah. you're close with, those are the people you should be the nicest to. Like those are the ones you actually care about. They should be who you are giving your best to every time. And for whatever reason, husbands, wives, whatever uh, it's easy to go off on your own family for whatever the reason and it just, it shouldn't be. Those are the people you care about the most. That's all I want to throw back in there. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. And Larry, thank you for sharing that. Yes, sir. Zach, I'm curious with you, man, you, you working with, working with the kids in person for a few months, a, a baby on the way, having a little one now, what, what, what's been your big, uh, your big takeaway? Uh, echoing the same thing, you know, I, I think fa family um, is the number one priority. And I think everyone being with their families this year has probably um, realized that more than ever. Um, and 
in the school thing, I guess what I've realized more than anything and what, what I've known the whole time is just that not everyone's in the same situation. So um, I think that's probably what's bothered me most this year about some certain things and is just um, a lot of people come into situations, whether they be um, political or whether, you know, w- whatever they may be, they come in very um, abrasive and yeah. and one-sided. And um, I feel like we've lost the ability to kind of listen to each other. And um, as a teacher, I think you just, you see so many different stories and Larry, I'm sure it's the same thing being a police officer. You see so many different people every day. And I think it's just, it, it's easy to create an opinion when you you're in your house all day or doing whatever you're doing. But when you're listening to other people's stories and it's real life, uh, I think we could all do a better job of um, just showing some empathy to each other too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if, if anything, go ahead, Sean, I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna say, I couldn't say, uh, have said that any better. I think that's um, completely true. And I've had before I was a counselor, I worked as a paramedic actually. Um, and I think one of the things that has struck me even working as a, a counselor is, um, to like stifle that knee jerk, like, well, the, uh, this is obvious, right? Like whatever that answer is obvious. Um, but everybody's coming at the, at life with a whole other set of like experiences and baggage and, you know, thoughts and ideas and all that sort of stuff. And so, um, the ob- quote unquote obvious choice, it, it doesn't exist, right? Like there is so much uh, about that. It just sort of get layered on top. Um, some of which comes from your parents and family and like those sorts of things. And I think that's something that um, parents and uncles and aunts and um, grandparents or whoever, you, you know, if you're caring for a child in any way, um, being mindful of um, what you are contributing to to them right um and helping them i think helping kids learn empathy is the single greatest thing we can probably do for a child um to be honest with you because that in and of itself that and and helping them discover who they are as as a, as a person and and stuff like that those two things um if you can have your child um be sure of who they are uh, you know and there that can only happen to some, to, you know, a certain extent, because it's developmentally appropriate for them to be like, I don't know who I am. Um, but also have the capacity to have empathy for someone else. Um, you know, I think those are the the two biggest things. So I do have, um, unless anyone else had uh, anything to contribute. Well, I, I have one thing that I want to ask. Yeah. They answered, I'm curious about you because you've been faced with a different deck of cards uh this year what your biggest uh takeaway has been because you've been you've gone through three months now of treatments and covid and i'm just curious what would that be if it's fair to ask you that and put you on the spot um everything that they've sort of said in terms of not sweating the small stuff and um you know cancer and chemo have a really great way of putting things into perspective for you whether you want them do or not yeah uh, 
outside of that, um, you know, I think it, to sound sort of corny, I mean, it does sound super corny, but it is, there is some truth to that. Um, paying enough attention to um, the relationship. Again, I don't have kids, so I have, you know, my, my wife. Paying enough attention to my wife and I's relationship and um, recognizing, and this is the sort of cheesy part, but I don't know how else to put it, like recognizing the magic of that. Um, like you were talking earlier about how like you should be the nicest to that person ever that you know, that they are your family and all that sort of stuff. Um, but it's also really easy to not be that way, right? Like you've willingly decided to, um, hitch your wagon to someone who knows how to push like every single one of your buttons. Um, <laughs> just to be honest, right. And you do the, you know, I do the same thing. So it's not like, um, I'm innocent by any stretch of the imagination, but, um, you know, I, I feel like through the circumstances and things that I've gone through, um, recognizing just how incredible, um, my relationship is with my wife. Again, it's not perfect. Um, how incredible of a human being she just is, um, you know, in terms of I've been watching her, you know, she's been taking her fitness really seriously for over a year now and like watching her like physically get stronger and those sorts of things. And then watching her, um, take care of me when I'm literally too tired to get off the couch and all those sorts of things. Um, so noticing, um, again, the sort of magic of it all, um, and not, not letting go of that or not brushing it off to the side. Um, I think is, is the way I would probably answer that. Does that make sense? Oh, abs absolutely. And I think that's why it's so uh, great to be able to have the five of us uh, sharing tonight because men don't necessarily share outside of like the tight knit group of, you know, our, our inner circle where we're at in terms of relationship at home, at work and, and so on and so forth. And, and that's why I, I can't thank you all enough for, for making this don't tell them by yet. I have, I do have two questions. Uh oh, rapid fire questions. All right. Let me sum it up and then you ask it and then we'll, we'll, we'll bring it on home. Right. I think that's why it's so important though, for, for us men to be able to have a, a, an outlet to share in this way, because outside of a uniform, there's not necessarily that kind of bond, whether it's sports, military, police, you know, that's kind of where it's all right to, you know, give a little slap on the ass, good game, you know, open up over emotions. Men don't typically do that. You know, stereotypical men, you know, don't share that kind of emotion. This is freaking fantastic. And that's why I can't thank you enough. But the doctor's got some questions. Ra rapid fire it, man. Bring it home. All right. Um, first question. What is um, a quintessential movie that you you have to watch with your child whenever they, whatever it may be? I, I'm thinking Larry's got whatever something age, big. Like, no matter what, they have to watch this with you. Uh, my favorite movie of all time is Roadhouse. And, and my boys will definitely watch Roadhouse. And yeah, I, every time it's on TV, I can't not watch Roadhouse. All right, Roadhouse, got <laughs> Jeff, what are you thinking? Back to the Future, one hundred percent. Love Back to the Future, and it it it's the a first one? great fun movie. You know, all of them. I think the more I've watched the second and third ones, 
the more I start to like them too. And they're just classic. They're great. Zach, what about you? Man? I would go with the Sandlot on that. Oh, nice. also a solid choice. Yeah. Okay. All right. I like it. Classic. All right. What was your second one? No, what's yours? Oh, shoot. I, I have to answer that. Oh, yeah. Snap. Um, I didn't even think about it. Um, super random movie that we have to watch. Um, I think it's got to be The Patriot. I know it's super random and everyone's <laughs> like, what? There, There is something about seeing a simpler life and the foundation of a simpler life and the foundation of where we were at years and years and years ago before we were at today to see where maybe we could be. All right. And so The Patriot. All right. And the final question to round it all out, since I am the one who, you know, we do drinks with dude, which um, we'll have um, a cocktail for this episode. Um, unfortunately, I didn't prepare one um, for our talk, but um, at some point we'll have one. Um, 21st birthday. What's the first drink you're going to drink with your children? That that's an easy one. I'm I'm a Bud Light guy. I, I drink Bud Light constantly. Obviously, I don't have one tonight, but uh, yeah, Bud Light, hundred percent. All right. Depends what time t- time of the year it is. Um, I'm a I'm a gin and tonic oh, man. Oh, hold on. When when is your kid's birthday? Oh, true. May May twenty third. So it'll be a margarita or a tequila. Yeah, I'm a, I'm tequila. Dur- I can't do I can't do much beer nowadays. It doesn't agree with me, so I'm 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 a liquor. So when's liquor. gin and tonic season? You started to say that, and I interrupted you. What's that? When's gin and tonic season? Um, it's basically September to May. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love my G and T's, but um, during the summer I take some time off and and go with the margaritas. All right, I take it. I feel like tequila and gin are the only like liquor that I can wake up the next morning and really not have a hangover. So everybody's different, you know, and I'm, I'm just looking to wake up the next morning and not have a headache listening <laughs> to my toddler. <laughs> I love it. Jeff, what about you? Uh, I, I, I feel like I like rum and Coke. I'm a rum and Coke guy, but I like beer. Um, Coors Light though. I'm not a Bud Light guy. I'm Coors Light. Um, uh-huh. But just for fun, a white Russian, because I think that would be a fun one. Yeah, that's Too a good yes. dude. Yeah, it's white Russian time. A little big Lebowski. It. Exactly. All right, Matt. You know what, Matt? I I got I gotta say it's it's gonna probably be just a little bourbon with an ice cube. Last? Simple sip. Sit down at the bar, have a gentleman's conversation, and watch the Patriot. <laughs> yes, and watch the Patriot. I don't even know why I picked the Patriot. I had like eight different movies like go through my mind. I picked the freaking Patriot, but we also haven't had a good Revolutionary War flick since then. So I I, I don't know. But um, this that was this a is, great one. I was actually thinking about that today. That scene when they're yell when the girls yelling "Papa" and how sad that scene is. Th- there's That's so much gonna be one of the saddest scenes in a movie. So some of the, I mean, the, the father, son, I mean, shoot, he had to see his two sons pass, you know, like, and, and I'm listening to a uh, podcast series, um, through the Washington post from like four years ago that, that touched on every president. And it's like, I just go back to the founding fathers and I'm not getting political by any means. So I'm not getting there. So I 
I don't, I don't want anyone to go down those paths. But I just think about how difficult that would be to be someone trying to provide for a family, to make a name for oneself, and the fact that we had like no direction. We had a bunch of ideals, yet somehow they made it happen. And then here I'm stressed out because I wore dress shoes and sat in an office all day and had to go home and then taste chase a toddler on a bat like batmobile in the evening and i'm tired yet these folks had to go and you know find a country do a farm be a lawyer and you know do all this stuff so i don't know why i picked the patriot and i know when heather listens to this i'm gonna have to come up with something better to say <laughs> why i picked the patriot but i i have i have no idea but that's also why i love doing uh, podcasts. Um, I'm not creative enough to do memes. And that's why I respect the shit out of you guys doing that. I don't know how to critique anything. And that's why I, I uh, applaud you, Jeff, in doing what you do with the, um, the different parenting and, and, and baby reviews that you do. Um, we're just two dudes that hide behind a microphone and I share about being a new dad and he shares about working with families and, and kids. That's the power of the microphone. But I got to tell you guys at, 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 to kind of bring it all together. When we created this, we wanted to sit down with some, some parents and some adults and just talk about adult shit over a drink and a fantasy football league and Instagram brought us all together. And we got to talk about this. And I got to tell you, in one way or another, you've you've touched my life, my heart during this podcast journey and during this really shitty 2020 COVID year. Um, so thank you. Thank you for the memes that you do, the reviews that you do. Thank you for the time that you gave us. Um, Sean, just the things you've gone through, and, and especially on this day that we're recording your appointment, thank you so much for being with us. There's a lot to be thankful for as, as parents, as, as husbands and partners, um, even in 2020. So, so thank you, uh, gentlemen, and thank you at home for listening. Please follow us on Instagram, on Facebook, and because I'm a dad, we're also on um, MySpace. <laughs> on MySpace. <laughs> we started that up. I need to update that bad boy uh, because we're on there. Um, but be sure to um, uh, subscribe to us. On, I didn't even on, know that still existed. It sure does. And it is a bitch of a platform to update. So stick to Instagram. Jeez. <laughs> but uh, thank you all for listening. And thank you guys for being on here. And until next time, stay strong, dadass.